0: Okay, so what's up with deathmatch? Uh, this this is a question I've been asked a bunch of times, and people seem to think it's about blood and guts and gore, but really, until you experience it live, you're not really going to understand. And that's a that's how we did it. We by chance experienced the the live visceral reaction of of deathmatch without even planning to, and it really changed how I saw the medium, changed how I saw the art form and led to me being a big fan to this day. So today, that's what I'm going to explore, my fandom of the faces and feels of professional wrestling in Deathmatch. What it is, what's up? I'm Raf Houston, and welcome to this installment of Faces and Feels. Thank you to those who listened to last week's uh, first installment and my kind of cast of how I want to do this. Really, it's just going to be a rambling mess while I figure it out and get it all going and figure out what the structure I want to be, but I feel like the most important thing is to keep forging forward and keep creating and putting out content. So hopefully you find this interesting and hopefully I can find somewhere to go. So today, um, I, as far as wrestling that I've watched this week, um, I watched the Big Double or Nothing 2, which is something that I really want to go into in depth at some stage, but I'm thinking about having a guest in to do that so we can have a bit of a chat about it. But Overall, absolutely loved the, the pay-per-view, uh, especially the Stampede match. I watched it twice, and we had, like, a great time. Um, my wife, Amy, and our good friend, Momo, who often travels with us to see wrestling, got up bright and early at, like, I don't know, 7 a.m. It doesn't sound that early, but it is when you're getting up to start drinking and watch a pay-per-view and watch it live, and we had yeah, just a killer time. We went over to the uh, Japanese supermarket near us uh, that imports Strong Zero. So we really got the uh, authentic Japanese wrestling experience that we enjoy and um, it wasn't Japanese wrestling that we were watching, but we wanted to relive those memories. So <laughs> that's what we did. So we are drinking Strong Zeros at 7 a.m. in Perth, West Australia and uh, just having an absolutely killer time. So, yeah, as I was saying in the open, I just want to start by today about just talking about Deathmatch. I was, It's something that I, I've got some uh, a friend who's getting into wrestling and stuff. He hasn't really been exposed to it before. Um and I thought he might find it interesting if I kind of uh, went through it a little bit. And and for the for those people as well who maybe don't give it a chance or don't really understand it, um, I get where you're coming from. At first, I was not really interested. You know, I'd seen hardcore stuff. I'd seen, you know, WWE and ECW and all, all that kind of stuff. And that's all fun. It's all wicked. But I was kind of under the impression that Deathmatch Wrestling was just blood and guts and just for the sake of it but but what I've come to and what I came to realize was there's just more of what's the way I'm trying to say this like more of the same but but more intense like more visceral louder more explosive bigger spots it's and when you see that live it's it's a lot, man. Like it's, it's really, really cool. And, uh, if you, if you're watching it on TV, it sometimes maybe the, you know, it's up close and it's the wounds and things like that and stuff. It's not really the same as when you're watching it live. Um, because it, that in itself is, is just like an effect, you know, you're not as close. You can see the guys are okay, uh, in the way they're moving and things like that. And, the the red and the, the blood is an effect and it's more extreme and the there's loud bangs and pops of fluorotubes and tables getting crunched and things like that so rather than go into every storyline I've seen or or favorite matches and stuff like that I, th- I think I'll just tell the story of how I came to watch deathmatch wrestling for the first time and how it led to me kind of getting into newer Production, uh promotions, and things like that. So, um, when we were in Japan in two January two thousand and nineteen, I believe it would have been two thousand nineteen. Yeah, that would have been right. We we went to see Wrestle Kingdom. Um, that was our second trip to do so. We've we've been to Japan five times three of which have been big wrestling trips. The last two have been for the entire month of January each year. So, uh, usually landing like, uh, on New Year's Eve or maybe a couple of days before, I think this particular trip was the one we went a little bit earlier. So we went to, um, and did New Year's Eve at the Shibuya crossing. It is, uh, one of the drunkest I've ever been in my life to this day. Um, and then, yeah, and then it led to you know uh, days and weeks of wrestling shows and and into general exploring Japan. When we do this, we like to do so on our own back. We like to um, get in there and and really kind of experience the culture. You know, get around, use the public transport, uh, walk, drink in the streets, just ha- have an absolutely wicked time and. And this particular year, we we had been like sharing stuff on social media and a girl we know um, from Perth, her name is Sally, uh, she had seen that we were there and was like, oh, you should go and check out Zero One. My uh, brother Chris wrestles for them. Um, just speaking of Chris Weiss, The Smashing Machine, uh, former EPW um, wrestler here in Perth. Um, I had seen him before in some Perth stuff and things like that, but I I hadn't followed Zero One. Of course, I was aware of it along with various other uh, independents over there. But as you know, it's not always the easiest to get hold of, like Japanese wrestling, and uh, you know, due to language barriers or websites and and different things like that. So we we're like, maybe we should just go check this out. Like, so we just rolled up to the Carcassonne Hall box office, little thing that's the front there anybody that's been to the Tokyo Dome before or to Kurcan Hall before it's awesome. You come out the station you cross the street, you walk a, walk around and you go up these stairs and over this bridge and you see the Tokyo Dome ahead of you. you cruise along there's there's various restaurants there's of course like a, a Lawson's or I, I believe it's the Lawson's there anyway it's a, a Japanese supermarket where you can buy all your drinks and stuff because you can take them into any venue. Uh, then you go down the stairs and then on your left you're going to see the box office and then you can walk into the lobby to the right of that and you catch a lift up to i think it's the fifth floor and then it opens up into the lobby of carrick hall and so we did that we were we went and saw it on a whim not knowing anything about it and had like an absolutely killer time um I'd have to have a look back through our photos and stuff. I can't remember if there was any death matches on zero one or not, but it's it's not it's not the death match memory that stands out to me. So I'll I'll let that see. I don't I don't think there were. I don't think that was the point of it. Um, but when when you're there, uh, all the wrestlers like are handing out like little show bags. Um, all all the independent companies support each other and, like, how share wrestlers between them. And so you get handed, like, a little show bag and it'll have flyers and booklets and, I don't know, post-it pads and stuff from various wrestlers, face masks uh, (laughs) uh, for cleaning your face and stuff, like beauty masks and stuff that look like the Big Japan logo, things like that, random stuff. And and in it was... uh, Big Japan flyer. Um, it's a big kind of A4 sheet, and and it's just got, like... If you've ever seen it, it's really cool. It's, like, laid out real big, and you've got, like, um, big blocks across the bottom, and it shows, like, the faces of the different guys and then lays out what the different matches are. All in Japanese, with, you know, some broken English and stuff on it. But... Um, Big Japan run two major championships as well as their tag stuff and that. They do the strong title and the deathmatch title. Now, at the Zero One show, we had seen their champion, Daisuke Sakamoto, and really enjoyed his match. Um, and then he is also the strong champion at Big Japan. And so I was looking through this stuff the next day as we were on the train somewhere or whatever. And I noticed it was like the same guy and it's Hurricane Hall, which we love to go to. And I go to the girls, I'm like, hey, this thing's on like tonight. Do you want to see if we can go to this as well? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, little dies on it. Our nickname for him, because he's not little at all. He's really quite big. Uh, And they're like, yeah, that would be awesome. I'm like, but hey, check it out. This is like, has deathmatch stuff on it, like that's a, to, a all light tube match or something like that, a ring light tube ring match or something. I'm like, are you guys cool with like, hardcore stuff? Like, because we we had, um, since I'd gotten them into it and and done stuff like that, we hadn't really been exposed to to much, and I wasn't sure in a live scenario whether they'd be down with it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't care, it'll be fun. We'll see, see, you know what it is. And man, it was like. The whole show from top to bottom was great fun. Big Japan has become like probably maybe our favourite live experience, um, and that seeing that championship match. Um, I should have looked up who was in it beforehand, so apologies for my tidiness. Maybe I'll put that in the show notes uh, as I go through my old flyers and cage match or whatever. Um, but it was after the strong match is finished. They're setting up the death uh, death match uh, ring, and there's a bunch of crew guys, and they've got um, light tubes like just by the box, and they've got elastic bands, big industrial elastic bands, uh, and they're like putting them against the ropes. Uh, the elastic band's already on the tube, and then you flip it over the top so they're hanging right. So one guy's going bup, 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 and putting them all all down each side of the ring. And then, like, another guy's coming along and, like, making sure they're all spaced out correctly. And then another guy's coming along and tapping them on the top and making sure they're all, like, in line. And we're like, oh, this is this is looking very precise. For that's about to be smashed to hell. Um, and then, dude, once it's started, like, the, the, you know, there's a few false kind of, like, they're throwing each other at it and one guy will stop and he doesn't quite hit the ropes and the other guy. But when that first dude, like, gets whipped all the way into it and smashes back first into it and showers like the first three rows in glass and 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 like smoke or spooky dust as they call it all the people in the front row wearing like ponchos we were just like what the fuck is going on this is crazy but it was yeah like I say I've used the word visceral a few times now and it's really the way to explain it because it's just boom pow whack and it's yeah, really quite intensely. Hitting hitting each other with them. Hitting themselves with it. You know, try to attack each other. Uh, like pile a heap on and then jump off something onto it. And it's just absolutely crazy. Because this is glass, right? But I don't know. Light tube matches are just my favorite. <laughs> just killer to see live and just absolutely crazy. And so, so, yeah, that led to me getting into them from there on out. Like from there I... It's, it can be hard to watch, like, the Japanese independent promotions. Um, I'm actually super excited because I have an IWTV subscription. I got one just at the start of all this coronavirus stuff. I had done a subscription um, to get all of the GCW WrestleMania weekend kind of stuff, and then with everything being cancelled, there was just no sign in sight. And now, I was just going to leave that there and wait until they get rescheduled because... GCW will do them eventually, but then I was like, "This is going to take a while. I can always rebuy that stuff. In the meantime, why don't I get this IWTV subscription? It's I'll put that money into it because you know it's a, it's not cheaper. the Australian dollar isn't great against the American dollar, and I'll just play it as much as I can in my house. Idea being that if I'm running it in the background, I leave it like just playing on my laptop. It's Getting the company's money or something, right? In this kind of harder of time, and it also means I can really start to uh, broaden my spectrum of what independent wrestling is and is available. You know, you've got access to so many, like uh, GCW are now on there, ICW New York. There's all the Chikara stuff. They've got to get through Zona Twenty Three, uh, Southern Underground Pro, um, but. What they announced like this just what uh, this week just been is that freedoms are coming to it now. Freedoms are another Japanese uh, promotion, primarily deathmatch. Um, and their shows are now going to start to be on IWTV, so that's super exciting for us. We have seen freedoms uh, in their kind of home arena of Shinkiba First Ring, um, not easy to get to, it's like a little back warehouse kind of. Area in Japan, Um, but it's probably like my favorite venue in Japan. I think like it's if you've ever seen the GCW shows they've had there, like uh, they said it couldn't be done, and um, what what are they called? Um, What's that other one called? I know I think there's been four now. Um, It's just set out really cool. It's really intimate. Um. I've got some photos. I'll put them up on the Instagram and and it's just like a, a killer place to go. Like uh, I think both sides of the ring are only about two, three rows deep. Uh, and then you've got the stage at one end with, with your entryway. that has got like four rows. I was literally, when I sat there, I was, the entryway's here. I'm directly to the right. So if the guy walks out, I can touch him on the shoulder if I want to. I never would because that would be terrifying. But but I I could and then the other end is another kind of like big roll stands where they have the camera, and and that faces down the entryway, but but yeah it, it's uh it's like such a cool intimate venue and so the the fact that they're going to be putting out regular freedom shows from that onto. To IWTV is more than worth the money. It's going to be great, and that that was like a, a killer show that we went to. Um, and I suppose the the other part of the appeal for us is that like when you're when you're in Japan uh, doing this kind of stuff, like you're you're almost kind of a little bit of a spectacle in yourself because you're not really, you know, they don't see like a lot of semi tallish, bearded redheaded guys <laughs> coming through uh especially with his friends um you know to these kind of small shows and stuff so so they're always happy to have a chat and you have these cool moments we we were uh we were watching a, a match and Sarafuda was wrestling if you've ever seen him before he has like a big fake lizard on his shoulder and this wicked mohawk. I don't know why, but it's kind of awesome. And he was like mad at the ref because he he thought it was three and he's yelling at the crowd. He's like, it was three. And we're all yelling, it's two. And he's like trying to get out and like get at us and stuff like that. It was super funny. And then afterwards he's like, all the tables are along along the wall and they're all there and he's like, oh, it's you kind of thing. And then, then we're having a laugh and he's signed his little dinosaur sticker for us and we're getting photos and tagging each other on Instagram and stuff they're just really accessible really friendly um and and it just all all lends to to that kind of experience and especially I I suppose it's a little bit different for us as well like in Australia where if you're you're an American wrestling fan there's wrestling everywhere all the time it's part of like the constitution there um like it's part of the fabric of of what they've grown up with, you know, WWE and WCW and all these, ECW and all these things are like part of society. They've grown up with them. They could always go to shows and stuff. But like Perth is one of the most isolated, I think it's technically known as the most isolated city in the world. And we don't see that at all. There is some local wrestling here and I do try and get to it. Um, But it's it's hard and it's like, not in cool places and, you know, it'll be in uh, like some gym out in the suburbs and stuff and then Perth doesn't really have good public transport and stuff. So if you go and you're driving and it's just – it's not the same, right? So when we one month a year fly over to Japan and go see as many kind of shows as we can and you can just straight drink and jump on a train and and journey to wherever – it's it's really fun and it just it just seems special every time you know. Um, so I was just going to give you guys an idea of some of the American stuff that is a little bit more easily obtained and how I got into that. So um, last year, or well, a year ago now, we went to Vegas for Double or Nothing. Um, my wife surprised me with the trip. It was our ten year anniversary. Um, not, she was not my wife then when she surprised me. We got married in Vegas that, that, uh, weekend. In fact, on the morning of Double or Nothing, just went through, went through the same chapel as Hunter married Stephanie and got, uh, and got married in a Cadillac. So I have to tell that story at some point, but we, while we were there, there were sideshows on and stuff, but we were planning to do all the touristy stuff and I didn't really know everything about it and was only really trying to do that. We were... We were doing the um, all the StarCast events and things like that. So I wasn't really looking for extra shows. Anyway, while, after that it all happened, not long after, I was listening to Matt Coon's podcast um, and he had had talked about the best show he saw that weekend and he had talked about Two Cups stuff from GCW. It was actually uh, a... a half-half show between Black Label Pro and GCW. But uh, in that, the main event is a death match between Effie and Nick Gage. Now, I had heard of Nick Gage before. I knew about some controversy with him, uh, like – having a death match with David Arquette, of all people, and Arquette getting injured, like, stabbed in the neck and it really bad and all this drama, right? So I knew who he was, and I also knew he was the only guy to ever die in a death match in real life. Um, There was, like, a tournament of uh, death back in the day, and he was whipped backwards into into the ropes, I believe. And there was like, uh, tubes on the ropes, kind of what we're talking about, something like that. And he, as he flipped over them, he, he essentially got like stabbed in his armpit and was just like bleeding out hard. Um, he gets rushed to the back. Uh, John Moxley of all people was, was one of the people to save the day when he ran out to kind of start wrestling in his place back, back well before his Dean Ambrose days. And, and, Nick was, like, trying to go back, and they're like, no, 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 we've got a chopper coming, we need to get you out of here, kind of thing. And he literally, like, died in the the chopper for, like, eight minutes. So as far as credibility goes, it doesn't get more serious than that. It Also, when it comes to credibility, he also went to prison for, like, seven years for armed robbery because, I guess, after that, there was drug addiction and there was problems and, yeah, and he robbed a bank or something. And so... When you've uh, died in a death match and then gone to prison for seven years and come out and say you're the hardest motherfucker around, people tend to believe you, and and he delivers. So when when I saw this for the first time, this was the first the first event I ever watched Nick Gray wrestle. I was just shocked, uh, like, and not shocked in like, a, oh no, I'm so afraid kind of way. Like in a this dude is the man kind of way. Check this out. You
1: made him out of two cups, stop of how crazy you have to be think of everything you've seen tonight from the game changer wrestling portfolio and then think of how crazy you have to be to be the champion of game changer wrestling (laughs) who's the king of the crazy motherfuckers it's the man for whom that bell tolls and he's about to enter the ring right now and this is about to be fucking madness
0: we're staring at like a Ring in like I guess it was a basketball hall or something with just white, white, white type walls, and here comes Nick just straight through the curtain carrying the biggest bundle of light tubes you've ever seen in your life, and the crowd just mobs him. They just go absolutely nuts, uh, and he's screaming to their faces. They're screaming in his. They're pouring beer on him like. And throwing chairs, and it's just absolute mayhem. Like this woman just pushed him in the chest. Like this guy's like yelling, "Let's go!" in his face. <laughs> it's just absolutely nuts. And he's just like bum rushing the crowd. Like he's coming through, and he just push like smaller people out of the way, and then just charge into the dudes and stuff. And it's just like you can hear the tonight.
1: chairs. Standing room only crowd here in the Chicago area. I'm being told by one of the game changer wrestling officials who's with G. Raber at the hospital right now. They're saying it did not cut a major artery in his oh, body. Good news. That is some good news. But there's going to be a lot of stitches or staples or God knows what involved. Oh, well, he's used to it. Put his body
0: on. Yeah, so time. if you get a chance to watch this match, like it's absolutely awesome. Effie is crazy as well, like crazy talented. If you've ever seen any of his YouTube promos, he is a, uh, openly gay wrestler who like uses that to his advantage in a a lot of very entertaining ways. He's like, uh, he's very enigmatic and well-spoken and intelligent, but he also like is a great wrestler, and I, I don't know how many death matches he had done before this. This was the first one I had ever seen of him, um, but it was killer. And I, I, can't, I kind of got the impression as I was watching it that like it was one of his first, and people were sort of shook by, by how how well he did and how sort of intense he was and and the kind of spots he took. But yeah, I've just got one more one more thing I want to play real quick here, and this is. Um, Nick uh, cutting a promo leading up to his own tournament, which is the Nick Gage Invitational.
1: September 16th, GCW presents my fucking tournament, the NGI. That stands for Nick fucking Gage Invitational. Brought to you by Murder, Death, Kill Gang, Eastern Block Hate Club. September 16th, we're gonna be gang-fucking-affiliating this motherfucker. Eight of the baddest motherfuckers from around the world. Each of these warriors handpicked by me, the King. Masaoka, King of Freedoms, world champion. Vieto Extremo, DTU champion. G-Raver, one of the hungriest. Sickest motherfuckers on the GCW roster. Marcus Crane. This guy, he lands on pigeon spikes. Punctures a lung. What the fuck's wrong with this guy? Schlack. One minute, this guy's hanging from meat hooks. Drinking a beer. Two hours later, I walk by his van, and he's smoking crack.
0: <laughs> That's still, still one of my favorite pros <laughs> If you've ever seen Slack, he's a pretty intimidating dude. He's like huge, covered in tattoos all over his entire body, including head uh, and face, uh, massive, massive mohawk, uh, missing teeth. And and, uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty intimidating individual. And right now I've paused it and Nick is just staring at me with the grimace expression on his face in a car park, black eye, just looking like the realest dude you've ever seen. And you can hear, like, the integrity in his voice, like, in his promos and stuff, and you can see why people are drawn to him. And so after watching that, I was just, like, about GCW. Like, they do all these shows in really cool, like, venues, like, uh, nightclubs and stuff. The the fans are right up on the ring, going sick, and the vibe just looks insane. Uh, Next time... If the coronavirus uh, ends and travel exists again and America doesn't burn down, um, yeah, I I hope to return to Vegas and and maybe see a similar show. That would be be absolutely killer. But yeah, if anybody uh, would like some recommendations on matches or if they have any suggestions for me, please feel free um, to let me know. Hit me up, uh, check out any images relating to the show or shoot me any questions or topics you may have. Uh, Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast or email facesandfeels at gmail.com. I'm going to call this one there. This is actually the second time I've recorded this episode because I don't know what I'm doing, but I will continue to develop this as I go. Thank you for tuning in and all the best. RIP Hannah Kimora, RIP Shad Gaspard, everybody be kind to each other. Peace out.